How many of you grew up in school and this ever happened to you? You walked into school and you walked into a classroom and you saw, you know, some of your friends, some of your classmates were sitting down and you could tell like they were, they were studying and, and then they look up at you and they go, are you ready? And you said, ready for what? And they said, for the test. And then you replied, what test? How many of y'all, that ever happened to you right now? I feel like that happens to my boys every day. Dad, we had a test. I didn't even know about it. Mm, you sure? You sure? Like, there is this test. They, they happen all the time. I, 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 most teachers are not that way. They really do want you to know about the test, that there is a test. Today, I just want you to know, and, and we're going to see all throughout Scripture today, that you and I have a test. Today, I'm entitling this message called The Blessed Test. The Blessed Test. Did you know that every time you get paid, you are undergoing a test? Yes. Yes. Every time you get paid. Now, let me ask this question. How many of you in here, you, if you're online, you can, you can help me here. How many of you get paid at your job every week? Every week, raise your hand. Every week, people, every week, okay, okay. How many of you get paid every two weeks? Raise your hand if you get paid every two weeks. How many of you get paid once a month? Raise your hand if you get paid once a month, once a month, okay. How many of you don't get paid at all? And you're like, <laughs> All the mamas in here, I should get paid. Yeah. Every time you get paid, however it's, it's weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, however that plays out, however that goes, every time you get paid, you, you, whether you know it or not, you're getting tested. And here's the test. Here's how you know how you pass the test. Now, here's what I want you to understand. God wrote this test. No pastor or preacher did. And here's the test that God wrote. The test that God wrote is that every time you get paid, you've got an opportunity to pass the test. And the way you pass the test is who do you pay first? Based off of who you pay first determines if you pass the test or not. Does the test go to AT&T, your mortgage, Wally World, Visa, MasterCard, or does God get the first? It's a test. And the test is determining who are you going to thank for your paycheck? Because that tells God whom you're worshiping with your income. And here's the ultimate question today. Here's the ultimate question. If you want to write this down in your notes, here's the big question we've got to answer today. And that is, will we love and trust money, or will we love and trust God? That's, that's, that's really the, the question we're going to answer today, is will we love and trust money, or will we love and trust God? God knows that money and things are the number one competitor of your heart and the number one competitor of your allegiance. Now, I want you to hear me very closely today. Money is a wonderful tool. It's incredible. Money is neither good nor bad. People buy into this all the time that money's bad or that money's good. Money's none of those things. Money is neutral. What we do with it determines if it becomes that way. Money is an incredible tool, and I pray that each of you have lots of it. But I want you to hear me very closely. It is a wonderful tool, but it is a lousy God. 
And what I mean by that is anytime we put money in the place of God, we seek money, we trust money, we pursue money, we prioritize money, is the moment you're going to get let down because it is not a good God at all. And so today, as we unpack this, I want you to understand how that test, we all want to pass the test. There's a test that God tests us. He's testing our hearts. And throughout scripture, the number one way to pass the test is through what the Bible calls the tithe. Now, I haven't preached on the tithe in probably four or five years because I don't really honestly always like to preach on it. I'll be very, very transparent with all of you because I know pastors or preachers get accused constantly of only wanting people's money. And by all regards, I hope you understand my heart, my desire is to never want something from people. I want something for people. But I have realized that in not properly explaining why the tithe, God has it in scripture and why God calls, it to, calls, it to, calls us to it, by not teaching on it, I am actually hindering you. So today, with all the boldness and courage I have, Jesus help us. Because here's what I know. As I talk about this, I'm touching a lot of people's gods. And so immediately as I even started saying money, as I said last week, some of y'all just went... <laughs> You got, you got tight. You got tight. Come for me, pastor. Let's see. Come for me. So I'm not coming for you. I'm literally going to just teach what God's word says. And we're going to go to Malachi chapter 3. Let me just set up the story here. Malachi is the last prophet speaking to the children of Israel. It is the last book of the Old Testament. Last book. Just a couple chapters over, you're in Matthew chapter one, you're in New Testament, you're in the life of Jesus. And Malachi has a deep concern for the children of Israel because they are literally living in poverty. They're living not only financially in poverty, but they're living in poverty with God. These people had grown complacent in their love for God. They had started putting other things ahead of God. They had simply started doing this. They had started trusting money more than they had started trusting God. And the prophet was praying and seeking the Lord on, on God, how do, we, how do we break this off of your people? God, how do, we, how do we break the flow? How do we get the flow going again? And so we get Malachi chapter three, and I want everybody to, to read this with me. It says this, we're gonna start in verse six. It says this, I the Lord, everybody help me actually with those first three words. They say what? I the Lord, do, do not change. I the Lord, do not change. It's important that we start there because the same God that we see in the New Testament is the same God you get in the Old Testament. There's no, it wasn't like one God slapped in and goes, okay, you're out, I'm in now. Like, same God, I don't change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed ever since the time of your ancestors. Now watch this. You've turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. What I've asked for you to do as, as, as followers of God, you've turned from that. And this is what he says. This is how we resolve this. This is how we solve this. He says this, return to me. Come back to me. And realize that God is all about relationship primarily. He's all about relationship. He wants, he wants your heart. He doesn't want your stuff. He wants your heart. I want you to return to me. And when you return to me, I'm going to return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? 
Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet, what does it say? You rob me. Yet you're robbing me. Now, this is the Lord speaking. This is God speaking. Yet you rob me. But you ask, well, how are we robbing you? Good question. If you're robbing God, how is it? How is it? In tithes and offerings. Now watch this. You are under a curse. Your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Now I need to, underst- I need to explain this for a moment because God never curses people. God doesn't put curses on people. How many know God wants you to be blessed? God wants blessings on you. This is what he's saying. Notice God didn't say, I'm cursing you. He said, you're just under a curse. Here's why. You and I live in a cursed world, right? You were born into a world. Was this world cursed before you got into it? Yes, Yes, yeah. Thank God uh, that Jesus has come and got us out from underneath that. And we'll talk more about that in just a minute. But you and I have been born into a world that has been born under a curse. We have been born under a curse in this world. If you are following the ways of this world, you are under a curse. Did Jesus do it? No. Who did it? We did it. And so literally in Malachi, he's saying, you have been under a curse. God didn't put the curse on you. You did your own thing. You have followed the patterns of this world. Because you followed the patterns of the world, the blessings of God that you are normally under, you're outside of now because you're doing your own thing. How do I get under the blessings of God? God wants to be a blessing to you. The way that we get a blessing is we come back and we do it God's way. God says, you do it this way. So he says this, our finances are even under a curse when we say, I'll do it my way. Everybody... It's getting quiet in here. That means I'm preaching. Okay, all right. This is where it's at. God puts all of us on an honor system when it comes to money, right? Question, does God take anything from you? No, he does not. Does God take anything away from you? No. Watch this. God puts you on an honor system when it comes to your resources, when it comes to your time, when it comes to your talent, when it comes to your money. He puts all of us on an honor system to, to want to do it, because yet again, it's relationship, not rules. He's going, I want you to love me, I want you to obey me, but because you want to. Watch this, the government doesn't even trust you with your money. You know why? Do they give you an option if you pay it or not? Nope. Do they take it out? Yep. So think about that. The government doesn't even trust you to pay them. So they take it out from you. And God says, no, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna put you on an honor system and, I, and I'm gonna give you the chance to, to obey or not obey. Now watch this. When we're not honoring God with our tithe, we are robbing God of the opportunity to bless. That's what you're robbing God of. He says, you're, you're, you're stealing from me. You're robbing from me. Well, how are we robbing from you? Question, does God need your money? No. Let me ask it again. Does God need your money? No. no. Did he run out of gold for the streets in heaven? All right. Did he run out of pearls? Did he run out of the cows? Did he? No, no, no. God doesn't need it. God's going, I actually want to get something to you. I want to bless you, but you're not allowing me to bless you because you're stopping the flow. 
And so he goes in and he continues. Watch this. And so this is how he says. Here's how we restart the flow. He says, bring. Everybody say that word. Bring. Come on, say it again. Bring. bring. Bring the whole tithe, okay, into the storehouse that there may be food in, in my house. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Watch. Notice it doesn't say give. What does it say? Bring. Bring. Because you can't give something that's not yours. So when I tell my boys, hey guys, bring me my keys, I tell them bring, not give. Because you know what? It's not their truck, it's mine. Y'all tracking? Okay. So many times we think we're being generous when we give to a church or we give to, to, to God's house. You're not being generous yet. You're just being obedient. You're not giving nothing. You're just bringing back to God what he said to bring back to him. This is what he's saying. Bring to me the, the whole tithe that there may be food in my house. Question, where's God's house? Yeah, God's church is his, it's his house. It's his storehouse. And so you and I, brace for it, have two options when it comes to how we handle our finances, how we handle God's finances. We can bring it or we can steal it. That's the two options. It's two options that God has. He said, we can bring it and honor him with it or we can take it for ourselves. So I wanna share four things about tithing, I've never shared this message before because I wanted to make sure that I shared it in a way that's different than I've ever done before. And I want us just to go through scripture today. And, I, and, I, and my prayer is, is that you get the revelation of this and the heart of this and God's desire for this. And so the first thing is this, if you wanna write, write the first thing down is that tithing is a test. As we just said earlier, you're, you, you have a test, I have a test. Tithing is a test. So after he tells them, hey, listen, I want you to bring the whole tithe into my storehouse so that there may be food for all of my house, watch what he says next. Two words. What does he say? Test me. Test me. Now, this is the only place in Scripture, in all of the Bible, where God calls us to test him. He says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Anybody want that? Come on. Watch this. He goes on and he says this. Not only will I open up heaven on you, not only can I pour out more blessings on you than you can even contain, I'm going to also do this. I'm going to prevent pests. I'm going to prevent them. How many want God to be on your defense? How many want, when things come to rob for you, God goes, can't happen, can't happen. God will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord God Almighty. Then, goes on, he says, then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. All right, so here we go, let me, let me teach for a moment. So tithe means tenth. That's where we get 10. Tithe is tenth. Now watch this. 10 in all of scripture is testing. 
All throughout scripture, wherever you see 10, it's a test, everywhere. So I'm gonna help you today. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you some questions and I'm gonna give you a real easy answer. I, I always love to put the cookies on the bottom shelf, everybody. We just have everybody be a part of it. So here's the questions, ready? How many times did we see in scripture that there were plagues on the country of Egypt? How many times? Take a guess. 10. 10, all right? Now, really what I should say is how many times did God test Pharaoh's heart? 10. Now, watch this. How many commandments are there? 10. How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? If you're wondering, just keep saying the same thing over and over again, okay? Y'all will catch on here for just a moment. How many times was Jacob's wage changed? How many days was Daniel tested in Daniel chapter one? 10. How many virgins were tested in Matthew 25? How many days of testing are mentioned in Revelation chapter two? How many disciples are there? Sucker. I was just testing you. Okay. Now watch. It's really a two-way test. Because watch. Because God says, test me. And God also says, I'm testing you. It's a double test. You're being tested and you're testing God. So the tithe is literally a test. And it, and it is only one of those tests where it's a pass or fail. It's not like, ah, oh, I'm 80%. Like, you're either passing it or you're not passing it. All right, so tithing is a test. Here's number two. Tithing is biblical, okay? The number one argument I hear against tithing, well, Pastor Josh, that's Old Testament law. That's Old Testament law. We, we, don't, we don't do Old Testament law anymore. But, but let me help you. Tithing was before the law. Let me show you, in Genesis chapter 14. In Genesis chapter 14, he puts it this way, watch. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, which by the way, this was the very first communion. It was before the law, before anything. This was actually the first time there was actually communion. And he was a priest of God most high. So Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought wine. He was a priest of God. And he, come on, we're gonna help you here. He blessed Abram, saying, blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth. Now watch how Abram responds. And praise be to God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a, a tenth of, of everything. Watch the next verse. And he says, and all the tithes of the land whether the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. We see this in Leviticus. All right, so Melchizedek, the Galatians says this, Melchizedek is a representation of a high priest, which is a representation of Jesus. He was an Old Testament representation of New Testament Jesus. Abram is our spiritual grand, 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 grandfather. Way, way, way back, way back in the day. He's, that's what he is. And so 480 years before the law, our spiritual grandfather Abraham is giving us an example of what it is to honor the king with 10% of everything. 
Then you fast forward to Leviticus, you get this verse right here that all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit, is the Lord's and it is holy to the Lord. And this is why it's considered stealing and robbing God because it's God's and it's holy. It's the holy things. And God commands that the tenth that we have is holy before him. So I hear people say, well, Pastor Josh, we don't have to tithe because that's, that's the law. Well, no, no, tithing happened before the law. And then people go, well, no, 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 listen, Pastor Josh, the truth is it's Old Testament. Tithing is Old Testament, and it's under all of that. We are people under grace now. We're in, we're in the New Testament now, and we don't have to do anything of the Old Testament anymore. Okay, maybe so. But you've got to realize that behind the law is always principles. Behind every law is principles. And behind that principle is always something good for you, something that is, is good for you. So um, let me do this. Uh, Dustin, do you have your wallet on you? Do you have it? Can, you, can I see it? Yeah, go ahead. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. Sweet. Is there any? any oh, $5. Dear goodness. Okay. Get you a raise. And so, all right. Thank you. A question, did you need it back? You good? We go? All right, maybe? You could take it? Maybe. I'm gonna just keep, I'm gonna keep it, that's fine. Now watch. Stealing is Old Testament, right? I'm not, I'm not under the law anymore, I'm under grace. So, thank you. Y'all see how that plays out? If I, if, I, if I took his money, I took any, anything in here, well, you go, no, no, that's wrong. Well, well, no, no, that's Old Testament. We're in the New Testament now. We don't do that. You know, we can do whatever we want. No, right? If it was still good for then, how many know it's still good for now? It, I can't steal now. Stealing is wrong. Ready? I'll give it back to you because I'm just so generous. Oh, wait, I just brought it back to you because it wasn't mine. Oh, y'all getting there. Okay, all right. Yeah. So watch. Watch this. Murder. Right or wrong? Was it right or wrong before the law? Right? So when Cain murdered Abel, was that wrong? Well, that was before the law. It was still wrong. All right? If I go murder someone now, still wrong, right? Yeah. So, so the things that were wrong then are still wrong now. And watch, but the things that are still right then are still right now. So we have to be careful. Yes, Lord. <laughs> so so to, say, to say, man, we're just people under grace. You know, we're just people under grace. We don't, we don't, we don't go off of anything that's in the Old Testament. That's not true because you, yes, Lord. I, he's wanting to say something, okay, I'm just telling you. So, so you need to understand that, that 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 doesn't work because you don't abide by that in any other area of your life. So you know every Ten Commandment is still wrong today even though we're not bound by our Ten Commandments. And when Jesus showed up on the scene, Jesus actually didn't come to take away the Old Testament law. He actually came to raise the bar. He says, you once heard said that if you commit, adult, uh, you, you commit adultery, that's wrong. Jesus says, but I've said, if you even look at a woman with lust in your heart, that's wrong. 
So Jesus doesn't come to lower the bar. He actually came to raise the bar. And you need to understand that Jesus even says it. Tithing is 42 times in the New Testament. Now, here's the question. If Jesus himself said that you and I need to tithe, would you do it? <laughs> Nobody in here is like, I don't know. If Jesus himself said that you need to tithe, would you do it? Watch what Matthew 22, uh, 23, 23 says this. Matthew 23, 23. This is red letters. These are Jesus' words. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, you hypocrites. For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens. From your herb gardens. This is what he's saying. Watch this. He's saying, you're so particular about tithe, you're even tithing off your Tony Sasheries. That's literally what he's saying. You're tithing off of your Tabasco and you slap your mama, like all of your seasonings. Like you are so, like so tight on making sure that you're tithing on everything. But yet, you ignore the most important aspect of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Now here we go. Jesus says, you should tithe. Yes, yes. So he's not condemning that they're doing any of that. He's actually going, you should be doing that. But do not neglect the more important things. Don't neglect the more important things. Jesus is telling you to tithe. He's saying, yes, you should do that. But just make sure that if you are tithing, you also are being a man or a woman of, of mercy and of justice and of faith. Yet again, because tithing isn't something we do to gain God's approval. God, look at me. God, look what I'm doing here. God's going, no, 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 no. You're not gaining anything. I don't even need anything from you. How many know God can provide for you just as much as he can provide for anybody? If God can send ravens down, come on, he can take care of you. If he can make water come out of a rock, he can take care of you. Like, God is good. He's totally fine. And what he's saying, though, is he's saying you need to understand that this is so important for you. So tithing is a test, okay? Tithing is biblical. Let me give you number three. Here we go. Tithing is a blessing. We're gonna read a passage of scripture in 2 Chronicles chapter 31. Hezekiah, who is the king at this time, took over at a time of extreme depravity, extreme unrighteousness. The people were starving spiritually. They were starving physically, they were starving emotionally, and Hezekiah was just sick and tired of seeing the people of God be so, living in such poverty. And not just physical poverty, like spiritual poverty. And King Hezekiah said, I've gotta do something to get God's people out of this mess. Seems like every time they're just in a mess. They're in a mess with God. Their relationship with God's not right. Their finances are a mess. Their, their homes are a mess. Their families are a mess. Like, what do I do to get them out of the mess? And notice what he does. Second Chronicles 31, verse four 
says, in addition, he required the people in Jerusalem to bring a portion of their goods to the priests and to the Levites so they could devote themselves fully to the law of the Lord. When the people of Israel heard these requirements, they responded how? They responded generously by bringing the what? The first share, okay? The first share of their grain, of their wine, of the olive oil, of the honey, all the produce of their fields. They brought a large quantity, a tithe of all that they had produced. Like, just remember, like, there wasn't Walmart, okay? No pigs, no, like, you didn't go to the grocery store. Like, you raised your own. You were farmers, like you raised your own vegetables, your own meat, your own, you, you raised it all. And so that was their income, that was their livelihood. And so David, uh, King Hezekiah says, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna bring our best, we're gonna bring our first, we're gonna bring a, a tithe of that. And these people responded generously with that. Now watch what happens when they respond. Remember, these are people far from God and these are people that are in deep poverty. Okay, it's not like they were just living the blessed life. They were in a bad place. And they begin to do this. They begin to respond to this. And the people who had moved to Judah from Israel and the people of Judah themselves brought in the what? The tithes of their, now here we go, of their cattle and of their sheep and of their goats and a tithe of the things that had been dedicated to the Lord their God. And they piled them up in great heaps. They just kept bringing, bringing all their vegetables, all their cattle, all their spices, all their Tony Satries. You can bring it all, bringing everything in it to the point that it's, 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 it's like heaping. It's a heap. They began piling them up in late spring, and the heaps continued to grow until early autumn. And when Hezekiah, watch this. So Hezekiah issues this, and he just goes about his day. Then one day Hezekiah shows up and Hezekiah and his officials came and they saw these huge piles and they thanked the Lord and his people Israel. So thank God and thank the people for their generosity. And then he asked this question, where did all this come from? Like, how did we get to this place to have all of these heaps of grain and fruits and vegetables and cattle? Hezekiah asked the priests and he asked the Levites and Azariah, the high priest, replied, watch, and so here's, here's the pastor in a sense. The pastor replies and says, since the people began bringing their gifts to the Lord's temple, we have had, there's two words, we have had enough to eat and We've had enough to eat, watch this. So we're taken care of, and we're so taken care of that we've actually had plenty to give away. So we're not only blessed, we're now blessed to be a blessing. When the people came generously and they just gave what they had, this is how, how, how did all this happen? Well, they've just been coming and they've just been bringing, they've just been honoring God with this and they've been bringing it to the temple. We've got enough, we've got plenty to spare and the Lord has what? Blessed. Has blessed his people and all this is left over. All of this 
is left over. So I want you to realize how this is happening because Hezekiah comes, he sees all this and he goes, I need you to explain this to me. How did we get all this? We were in such deep poverty. We were such in a bad place. How did all this come about? And he said, King, listen, you sent out the decree that everybody needs to tithe off of their first. Everybody has done it generously. And because they've tithed and because they've honored God, God's honored them. And because they're willing to be a blessing, God is making sure that they themselves stay blessed. And so we have enough to eat and we have plenty to share. And I'm telling you, this is what happens in God's house when God's people understand the power of the tithe because I want you to see how this happens. When we, and I mean we, me included, honor God with our tithe, two houses get blessed. God's house gets blessed and your house gets blessed. God's house gets blessed. Come on, how many know we've been able to be a blessing as a church to not only our, our own people, but to our community, to be able to do what we've done? Hundreds of people have gotten saved in this house because of the generosity of this house. So many people have, outside of this house have been blessed, from helping people with hurricane victims to, to the schools that we've been able to bless, to people that walk into our church that can't pay for their light bills, that can't provide for their food, that can't do something, that we have been able to be able to say, we've got enough to eat, and now we have plenty to share. God's house is a blessing house. And watch this. Here's what I know about God, that God says, if my house will be a house of blessing, I'll make sure that house always stays blessed. If my house will be a house that is after souls, if my house is a house that is after empowering people, if my house is a house that is after honoring God in all that we do, this is why, for those that maybe are new here, we tithe off your tithe. You can ask Bridget. She's sitting right here on the front row. She's our financial director. That is one of the things that I make sure that we do as a church, that every single dollar that comes into this church, the first 10% is holy as unto the Lord, meaning that it doesn't belong to us at all. It is for the Lord's work. Now, the truth is 100% is holy before the Lord. But that first 10, that first what we do with the first, we don't pay ourselves first, we don't pay staff first, we don't pay the electric bill first, no, 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 we pay as unto the Lord first, and so it goes out to missions, whether it's in Africa or in Florida, or if it's somewhere here locally, it goes out first because it's got to bless other people's houses because I want the blessings of God to stay on this house. Are y'all with me? Yeah. This is why when needs come up, watch this. This is the coolest thing of what happens whenever we live as a generous church, that when needs come up, if we live with margin, when needs come up, we get to be a blessing immediately. I don't have to come to you and go, hey, we want to bless the people in Florida. You know what we do? Let's go bless the people in Florida. That's it. That's, that's, that's literally how this plays out. This is how this works. And I've been pastoring now for 22 years. And I hear the same two things all the time. Watch this. The same two things I hear all the time. For those who are tithers, and I talk to them, this is what they always say. Pastor Josh, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. Now, now I want you to hear what they're not saying. They're not saying, I'm so blessed that I don't go through hard times. Actually, usually quite the opposite. 
They're, they're going, I'm blessed because blessed is more than money. Blessed is relationships, blessed is resources, blessed is time, blessed is children. Y'all with me today? Blessed is so much more than just financial. You need to hear that very closely. Blessed is so much more. And every person that I know that ties and that honors God, they say, Pastor Josh, man, I'm so blessed. I know I can say that for myself. God, I'm just, I'm so blessed. But every person that I know that doesn't, this is what they say. Pastor Josh, I can't afford to tithe. I can't afford to do it. You know what my response usually always to those people is? You will never be able to afford to tithe until you tithe. And everybody here that just said that's true, we're the ones who tithe. Because they've tested God in this. So I, well, I can't, there's just no way that I can do this. No, I'm telling you right now, this, this is huge. You will never be able to tithe until you tithe. This, this is, they'll say it this way. Well, as soon as I get ahead, I'll tithe. And I, and I always say, no, 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 listen. You better tithe if you want to get ahead. Because that's, that's the same thing as when people say, I'm going to clean my life up, and then I'm going to come to Jesus. And you go, no, 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 you got it backwards. No, 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 you come to Jesus and he cleans your life up. This is what he does. This is what he's the master of. You don't, you, you don't try to do it yourself. There's nothing in the gospel that's been about you doing it yourself. It's all about positioning your life in a way that I surrender my life to him. I surrender my finance to him. I surrender my family to him. I surrender my heart to him, my children to him, my money to him, everything I surrender to him. And then God says, this is how you do it. And then when I do it God's way, God's blessings come on it because I'm doing it his way. It's God's way. And I'm telling you right now, when you do this, God's house, of course, gets blessed, and your house gets blessed. It's your house. So it is a blessing. And number four, last one, is this. Tithing is personal. Tithing is personal. Now, I want to do this. I want to give you an illustration here that I hope you'll never forget. Some of you are like, you passing out more money? No, I'm not passing out any more money, okay? All right, so Pastor Dustin, would you come and bring your guys up here with me? I got three guys. I'm gonna have them come up here. Y'all come on up. <clears throat> All right, where's my third one? We got a third one? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Okay. So, do I got a third? Oh, there we go, we got three of them. All right, there we go. All right, so here's my three guys. Now, Track with me for a moment here, okay? I love these guys, but I tell you who I love more. I love that woman more. She's my bride, right? I want you to imagine with me for a moment, I grabbed all these guys and said, okay guys, listen, all right? Caden, Anthony, Cliff, I'm gonna give you guys $10,000 a month, okay? Each one of y'all, I'm gonna give you $10,000 a month. Here's the only thing that I want you to do, all right? I want you just to make sure that you take care of my bride. I'm going off. I'm gonna give you 10,000 a month. All I need you to do is give 1,000 of that to my bride every month. You can keep the 90, do whatever you want with it. Do whatever you want with it. I don't care what you do with it. Just make sure she's well taken care of. So imagine I did that for a year. $10,000 a month to each one of these guys. You good with that? 
Does it need to be higher? Y'all good with that? 10,000? Okay, yeah, y'all good with that? Okay. I mean, we can lower it. Okay, so, all right, 10,000. So, let's say we got 10,000. Now, say I go away for a year, and I come back. And I go, okay, how, how did it go? How did it go? And I go, and I meet with Lindsay. I say, babe, did you get it? You, you good? Like, how was it? She said, listen. She said, Caden, listen, man, every month, he gave me $1,000. Every month for the last year, man, he's given me $1,000. Like, come on, man, great, awesome. What about Anthony? What did Anthony do? See, Anthony, Anthony actually was incredibly generous. Anthony actually gave me 2000 and he just kept the eight because he said he, he was good with eight. He wanted to make sure that I had two. He was good. Man, come on. Let's go, Anthony. Let's go, Caden. What about Cliff? Uh, we need to talk about Cliff. So, we need to talk about Cliff. See, the first month, Cliff, he gave me a thousand. And man, I was, I was so excited. I was good. But the second month, he gave 700. And then the third month, he gave 400. And then actually for the last rest of the year, he hasn't given me anything. Nothing at all. I said, okay, okay. All right, I hear you, I hear you. So watch this. I'm so passionate about making sure my bride is taken care of. And I'm also passionate about making sure these guys are blessed as well. But let me ask you the question. Who do I want to make sure I bless more? Caden, who's faithful? I want to definitely make sure that he is taken care of. And over here, you, you on your own. You gonna, me and you got to have a, a talk, all right? Like we've got, watch this. And doesn't the Bible say that God's bride is his church? And that if we would take care of his church, he would take care of us. If we take care of his house, he'll take care of our house. This is, the, this is by the way, the parable of the talents. That one multiplied it, another one multiplied it, and the other one just dug it in the ground, didn't do anything with it. And God came back and gave actually what was his to them and took from him. This is how this plays out. And today, I, I want you to see how personal this is. God is so personal about his house and your house, and he wants to make sure that if you will honor him in his house, he'll make sure that your house is taken care of. I love you guys. Thank y'all for playing, being around. I don't have any money. I'm sorry. Y'all take the $5 from Dustin, okay? So <laughs> split it amongst yourselves. I want you to see how this works. God entrusts us. It's personal to him. This is personal to him. When he says, you robbed from me, he's, re he's really saying, you didn't just rob from me. You robbed from the people I love, the ones that I want to take, take care of. You go, well, how rude is that of God, that God would do that? No, no, no. How gracious was it that God would give $10,000 a month? How incredible was it that God would bless us the way that he has blessed us? And I wanna show you what that looks like in Exodus and we're done, we're wrapped up here. Exodus 13, 12 through 13 says this. Now you shall set apart, everybody, everybody watch this with me. You shall set apart to the Lord all that first opens the womb. All of the what? And the firstborn of your animals that are males shall be the Lord's. Every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. Or if you will not redeem it, it shall break its neck. Every firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. Now, let me explain this because you're not maybe 
really understanding fully what this is. A donkey was considered unclean. A lamb was considered clean. The unclean must be redeemed by the sacrifice of the clean. Question, were you and I born clean or unclean? Unclean, right? Unclean. And the only way that you and I could become clean was something that was clean had to redeem the unclean, right? And what's his name? Okay, just want to make sure we're all on the same page here. So the clean had to be sacrificed so the unclean could be redeemed. This, is, this summarizes the Bible, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his son so that those who were unclean could become clean. What? So, so he's having this conversation. Now watch in verse 14. And in verse 14, when in time it comes to your sons, they will ask you this. Dad, what does this mean? And you shall say to him, because think about this for a moment. The son is watching his dad. Every time a donkey would have their firstborn, and every time a lamb would have their firstborn, the dad would take all those, and then he would bring them to the temple. And the son's like, I don't get it. Why are we slaughtering? I don't get it. Why are we giving these away? We need these, dad. What does this mean? He says, dad's going to sit down. He says, hey, come sit on my lap. We're going to have a little conversation here. Son, here's the conversation. Watch by a strong hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. For when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed all the firstborns in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of the animals. Here we go. And he goes on, he says, Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that are first open the wound, but all the firstborns of my sons I redeem. This is what he's saying. Son, come here. Let me have a conversation with you. Listen, son, we weren't always farmers and ranchers. Not too long ago, your mom and your dad were slaves in a place called Egypt. And because of the mighty hand of the God that we serve, he redeemed us out of Egypt and he brought us into this promised land and everything that you and I have is because God got us to where we are today. And so in response to all that God has done for us today, I make sure that every firstborn that I have goes back to the Lord because I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for what he did for me. I wouldn't be, we wouldn't have this land if it wasn't for God. We wouldn't have this cattle if it wasn't for God. We wouldn't have this freedom if it wasn't for God. So I gratefully and humbly give him my first, not because I have to, but because I want to. Are y'all following today how this plays out in his life? This is personal. It's personal. And today I can stand up here on this stage and I am incredibly grateful that my grandmother and my grandparents and my mother and my father taught me this principle when I was a kid of what it is to honor God. 22 years I've been here at the church, there's never been a time that I didn't tithe. 
Not because I was the pastor of the church, but because I honored God. It was personal to me. I've watched my God take care of my mom, who is a single mom. I've watched God take care of my grandmother, who is a widowed grandmother. And I've watched God be faithful every single time through. Next week, I'll share, I'll share a story of my grandfather, of how this kind of played out even more. But for today, here's the question that God's asking all of us is, ready? Who's first? Who's first? Don't get mad at me. Get mad at him. <laughs> so Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? Tithing, it's a test. Tithing, it's biblical. Tithing, it's personal. Tithing, it's a blessing. Today, God, we wanna be that. So Holy Spirit, right now, in this moment, God, what are you speaking to us? God, have we trusted in money and not in you? God, we wanna trust in you. We wanna trust in you. We wanna put our hope in you. Put our faith in you. God, today you don't want just something from us, you want something for us. But God, I pray that we would be a people who respond to you in a way that is obedient to your word, not because of a have to, not because of a rule, not because of a law, but because of relationship. Because of relationship. God, do something in our own hearts if we have put things above you. God, do something, do, do surgery in our own, in our own lives. Today, I, I pray that over every person in this room, that God, that you would just begin to speak, not my, not my words, your words. God, we don't wanna just commit to you today to honor you in this area. Because we know where our treasure is, there our heart is also. God, open up the flow today. Open up the flow today. God, thank you today that we are where we are today really because of you. The job we have today is because of you. The family we have today is because of you. The children we have today is because of you. The blessings of God we have today is because of you. The homes that we have today is because of you. Everything that we have is because of you. Life, forgiveness, mercy, and grace is all because of you. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Today we return to you what is yours, God. We say thank you for it. Thank you for the blessings that you have bestowed on our lives. Let us continue to walk in a way that honors you in all that we say and do. Thank you for your grace and your mercy that we now live under. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen.